Welcome to the Bank of Me podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance build strong cultures. Hosted by James Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a deep dive episode. I'm here with Edward Clark, who is the Executive Director of LSC Education. And he's joined us today to talk about the rise of the informed candidate and how we're seeing more and more in business uh, people coming to interviews who know far more about an organisation and have far more probing questions than we used to. Ed, as an opening question, what are you seeing candidates doing now that is giving them more information about the organisations that they're potentially being recruited for? Well, one of the things that we're really noticing with candidates is that they do want to ensure that they are a right fit for the organisation um, before they commit to, to leading it. Our specialism is in recruiting leaders for schools um, internationally, worldwide, and we're finding that people, leaders really want to ensure that they understand the organisation and its culture and its vision and its purpose before taking on the role. And in doing that, they do do a lot more research than they used to. One of the things that we found people are doing is spending a lot more time researching and also taking a lot more time in visiting the school that they're potentially going to lead. They want to spend time around the organisation. They want to meet with the various stakeholders. They want to really get to grips and understand the current senior leadership team in the school and to spend time with the board that they're going to be working with. And similarly, the leadership team and the stakeholders and the board want to really understand the candidate to ensure that they're going to be the right fit. It is definitely moving more to a a state of getting everyone's buy-in, everyone's feedback and the candidate's uh, feedback about the organisation before anyone's prepared to commit to going forward. This is partly because schools are community-based organisations and so many different aspects of that community, the different stakeholders within those communities are going to have an impact on that leader going forward. It's not just a case of staff and customers, it's a case of the the ownership of the school, whatever that might be, and there are many, many different types of ownerships of schools these days from um, traditional non-profit schools with boards of governors to private ownership to investor parent companies. There are the, the, the parents themselves within the schools, the students, the, the, the faculty. All of these people have a buy-in to the school and a leader needs to fully understand, or a candidate needs to fully understand what the culture of that organisation is with all those different stakeholders and what their expectations are before they take on that role. And we are finding that candidates are using the, seeing the, their initial application letter and CV as a very, very initial part of the process. And they are more prepared now and more willing and, and keener to go through a very, very elongated and intensive interview process that will involve probably a range of Skype and in-person interviews mm-hmm. with various stakeholders and then 
two or three days immersed in the organisation, meeting all the different stakeholders, spending time with them, walking around the organisation. I mean, you wouldn't see this in many organisations outside the education sector, but it's totally expected with school leaders. They want to immerse themselves in it and feel that they really understand the place before agreeing whether to take on the job or not. So it sounds like there's a, a massive perspective shift here. If I, I think about when I first started applying for jobs, it was you sent in a CV and it was a kind of a two or three week process. It, what you're describing is a much longer time frame. Yeah. And first question on that is the education establishments you work with, are they making the time for the candidate to do what they now want to do? They're having to. It's as simple as that. And we do see some instances in certain parts of the world where where there's perhaps a feeling that there needs to be more confidentiality around a recruitment process where they don't want to announce to their stakeholders who they've appointed until until they've actually appointed someone. But that is changing. And we're now seeing boards of governors, owners, investors, whoever is making the appointment of the, the school leader, recognising that it is vitally important to take that time and certainly when we're working for an organisation and running a recruitment process for them, we advise and almost insist that they do take that time to review applications, but then to interview people and perhaps to bring in a few different stakeholders to do those initial interviews, but then to include before they make any appointments that two or three day selection process where the candidates are immersed in the school. And... Part of the major benefit for that, particularly in schools that are community schools, and in, in honestly most schools in the world are community schools, because even if the owners or the uh, don't see their school as a community school, it is a school that is serving a community, whatever that community is. They, they find that the board or the owner finds that they get a lot better success rate appointing someone to do to do the job of leading the school when the whole community has bought into that appointment. And quite often we see with school owners or boards who haven't done that in the past, it takes them a bit of a while to, to understand that concept, but they are incredibly appreciative at the end of a recruitment process when they have taken this concept on board, when they're being thanked and congratulated by stakeholders around the school and by the candidate for taking the time to include everyone in that process and to to involve people and to listen to their views and their feedback. It's interesting because quite often education is accused of being behind business in a lot of areas. But I think on this one, my personal perspective is that you're leading the way and far too many commercial organisations at the moment are driven by numbers around recruitment. So yeah. number of people met, time to recruit. They seem counterproductive to what you're talking about. Well, they probably are. But I think in many respects, in education, there's more at stake. And I say that probably rather glibly and maybe unfairly. But I think in most organisations, if, if you made a mistake with an appointment, there's usually a notice period to, to work to and quite often the impact of the unsuccessful person may not be huge, but in a school, schools run on academic years. Your customers are typically there on a, for a year's turnaround. You know, with children, obviously, it's a year group, but actually they're committing to five or six or seven years in that school. 
And a bad appointment of a leader, of a school he head, can have a massive impact on a whole generation of children, a whole team of staff, obviously all the parents who are fee-paying or can be fee-paying. So it can have a huge impact. The other thing is that, that, that schools are in a, a, perhaps a different context to commercial organisations or to, to other organisations in that you, you can't really move a leader on after a short probation period or after a, a half a year or a year. You need to keep people for the best part of a year and preferably for two or three years and, or even longer. And so by making the wrong appointment, you're making a long-term mistake for a large organisation, which is really impactful. Again, I think that it, that's a, an area that business fails on, that hires are seen as something that will try. And that impact and that care seems to be uniquely educational, but something that probably is more critical that we should learn elsewhere. Yeah. Just moving on, I remember my first interview ever, and I was so nervous, my legs went numb. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds now like there's much more parity in that meeting, where as an interviewee, you've probably got as many questions and insight into the organisation, and as, as much kind of healthy analysis as the person interviewing you. How are you seeing interviews change in that context? Well, you have to. It has to change in that respect because certainly at leadership level, and I'd argue in many, at many levels in the organisation, but certainly at leadership level, it has to be a, um, a decision on both parties, the employer's um, part and on the new leader, the, the employee's part to, to join the organisation, to take the organisation forward. I always make school boards or school owners understand that the interview process is as much about them selling the organisation to the candidate as it is the other way. And I don't believe that somebody can make an informed decision about whether they want to lead that school going forward unless they really understand the school, unless they really understand the organisation, its vision. And so many times I've interviewed candidates who have left a, a role after a year or two in an organisation and I ask them, why have you why have you left so soon? Yeah, I suppose in, in in many respects, in commercial, in in in, in other organisations, a year or two might not be seen as too soon in some contexts. But in a school, it is. It's a short term post for a year or two, and their answer is more often than not one which maybe they think is is understandable and acceptable. But I don't, I don't personally is um, because after a while I realised that the board we didn't have the same vision about the organisation, about the direction of the school and um, we weren't working to the same values. And what I always question, and one of the reasons I don't see this as a reasonable excuse for a leader to say that, is why a year earlier during the interview process did you not realise that your vision didn't align with those of the, the board? Has the vision for the school changed so much in the, the past year that it no longer aligns with what your views are? Or did you just not take the time to get to know the organisation before you joined it? Or did the board missell you what the school was all about? And that's why I just don't feel that it's an excuse. I, I feel that school that candidates looking at school leadership need to really, really understand what it is they're getting into. And even if even if change is needed when they enter the post and the board and the stakeholders all say to them, this place needs to change when you begin leading it that's got to be understood by everybody it's not something that's got to be sprung on somebody as a surprise 
And you talked earlier about people looking at a culture. I know that you've worked for a long time in and around education establishments. Mm -hmm. What are the indicating factors that if you're a candidate, you walk into an organisation and you think that says good or bad? As in whether they fit into that culture or they like yeah, the culture? Or it's, I suppose it's also that if you look at an, an organisation, there's certain things that you spot that say this is a good culture. So often it's the little things such as people parking well, well-kept <laughs> toilets, I mean, the kind of yeah. simple things. But it, it's this, it, it, it says, does it care? But I guess in an education establishment, there's probably a, a unique set of factors that you would say, is that present or is that happening that says this is a good culture? It's kind of like the M&M story with the band that took out the, insisted on no red or brown M&Ms mm -hmm. as their rider. And actually what they were checking wasn't, they weren't being difficult. Mm -hmm. What they were checking was, does the venue care enough to listen to what they need? Because yeah. if they don't take out the red M&Ms, the question they have is, are there bigger problems where they haven't set up the stage properly? So yeah. it's kind of what are the triggers that you say, good or bad culture? Yeah, I, I think there are many different factors in a school environment, particularly. I think that candidates, uh, leadership candidates, when they walk into a school, predominantly, I suppose, that they would be looking for the general look and feel of the school when they go around it. They will be doing normally what we call a learning walk, which is to walk around the school and to spend some time in lessons and around the corridors and just chatting to people. And they will get a sense and a feel of what they think the school should be like what the quality of teaching and quality of learning in the school should be about and that's where they'll get the sense the right sense as to whether they feel that it's uh, a school of quality or not a lot of it is about talking to the stakeholders we try to organize for them to spend some time being interviewed by and interviewing a group of students um, from the very uh, littlest children to the older ones to spend some time in the staff room talking to the teachers more often than not, people will stop around corridors and just chat to people informally. And it is, it's what they pick up from that that, that tells them whether it's the, a school with a good culture. Parents as well, they quite often meet with a group of parents. But every school is different, every culture is different. And so it's not a case of saying whether it's good or bad. Quite often it's about saying whether it fits them. And from my point of view, you know, they could find a school that's in really challenging circumstances and needs improvement. And, and that's not to say they're going to find everything's rosy when they do their interview, but at least they're aware of what they're going into. Edward, thank you for your time. Uh, I think what you've shared is applicable definitely across other organisations. And the thing I'd say is hiring a leadership position, as you've discussed, for, for many organisations, including education, I guess, is over three or four years, a, a mil million pound investment, if not more. And the thing you're talking about is this care and consideration that you need to spend money wisely and you need to ensure that the person you're bringing in really is going to fit and enhance a culture rather than bounce straight off or try and change it in ways perhaps not thought about. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Pleasure, thank you. Thank you for listening. Continue the journey at www.theculturebuilders.com.